Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. I say it every time and I mean it every time. Thank you for that time, your, your precious time. There's so much great content out there, so many fantastic podcasts out there, and you've decided to stop here and uh, listen to what we have to say here in, uh, in Germany uh, about youth basketball, international basketball, and uh, have plenty of great, great stuff for you this week. We have an interview with Jesus Ramirez, the head coach at Basketball Love in Braunschweig, uh, actually one of the teams here in Germany that is doing a lot of great youth work. Uh, one of the few teams here in Germany that is really relying on uh, both German German players and German youth players, uh, giving a lot of young uh, a lot of playing time to to youngsters here in this country, and uh, which I think is fantastic. Which I think is actually one of the keys to the uh, long-term uh, establishment of talent here in this country. And uh, one of the things that uh, you know I hope that other clubs in Germany. Uh, are seeing what they're doing. They've had a lot of bad luck this season. They, otherwise, their record would be a lot better than uh, than what it is right now, uh, and they would be actually, uh, you know, contending for a playoff spot. I uh, just I don't think that they're going to be able to come up with the results uh, needed down the stretch to uh, grab one of the playoff spots. There's uh, so much competition for the playoffs here in Germany. Uh, teams that you might not always uh, uh, expect. Uh, to be in the playoffs um, are actually uh, going to be uh, probably in there. And uh, so I don't know if, if a Braunschweig is going to be able to uh, come up with uh, uh, the, the wins necessary, even though they're, what they're doing is fantastic. They've had a couple of big injuries to uh, a couple of big players. And um, and then there's the up and downs of playing with you, which is, uh, with young players, which is uh, one of the things we talk about with uh, Jesus uh, Ramirez. Um so before that, uh, we also have a sneak peek with uh, uh, with the interview uh, for our Taking the Charge Prospects podcast. That's with Rocco Perkishan, uh 2002-born uh, with Croatia, uh, from Croatia with Sabona Zagreb. And uh, that, of course, is part of the paid subscription to Taking the Charge uh, Substack, takingthecharge.substack.com. Go on there, uh, subscribe now, uh, check, uh, um, check out the subscription. Uh, if you think it's a little too much, uh, drop me a message. We can figure something out. Um, included in that subscription is the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast, where we do an in-depth interview with a player each week. There's also the full archives of the ta- uh, Talking Talent uh, show, uh, in which we uh, take a look at um, uh, the some of the youth players from around the world uh, with the army of scouts that we have and, and really a uh, total global picture uh, and uh, so that's uh, part of the paid subscription. Uh, but before that, uh, before the interview, let's get to the uh, the big three, and that's where I take uh, three subjects and, and just kind of uh, talk a little bit about them. And, th- and that's just to kind of give you a, a little bit of uh, uh, more uh, what's going on here uh, in Europe and, 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 and elsewhere around the world in, in the world of youth basketball. And um, the, the, the big three, so story, uh, story that we're watching, uh, for, for me, that's right now in Venezuela. That is the uh, FIBA U18 South American Championship. It's really the under-17 South American Championship, which should have taken place last year, uh, but they've uh, moved it to this season, uh, this year, and uh, called it the under-18. 
Uh, it, of course, is the qualifiers for the uh, FIBA Under-18 European uh, Americas Championship, which uh, t- will take place in June. And um, and, uh, and and so uh, and then with the top four of the FIBA Americas Championship uh, will then qualify for the FIBA U19 Basketball World Cup 2023. You following? Uh, so it's it's a qualifier for a qualifier. It's the it's the regional qualifier for the continent uh, for the uh, the continental championship uh, in, in the Americas. And uh, so you have Brazil, you have uh, Argentina. Argentina just barely uh, knocked off uh, knocked off Ecuador in a in a in a absolute thriller. Um, Argentina came back from 13 down uh, with uh, I think about three and a half minutes left, and uh, and and won basically at the buzzer. Um, and uh, so uh, Brazil, Argentina, uh, Uruguay, uh, Venezuela. Bolivia, Chile, um, really, you know, Chile, Uruguay, and Venezuela probably battling for the third spot alongside with Argentina and Brazil. Brazil looking like absolute beasts through two games, um, just killing uh, Bolivia to be expected, and then to just demolish Uruguay as well. Uh, so really impressive there. Uh, so that's that's the story that we're, that we're watching. Player, young player to watch, uh, young player that we're watching, um, and Federer Sugic, uh, 2003-born uh, Montenegro guard playing with with uh, Ratio Farm Ulm here in, in Germany. And this is not me being a Germany homer. Uh, you know, Sugic uh, playing at Ulm. This is his first season more or less abroad. Um, and... Uh, and uh, put up a really big, uh, really good night last night in the uh, in the in the Euro Cup, um, and uh, really so I think twelve and three rebounds, uh, twelve re- twelve points, tw- two rebounds and assist and a steal, on uh, a block, and 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 really just in seventeen minutes, and actually also after the game, uh, head coach uh, uh, Yakalokovic uh, um, you know praised him and said you know he's he's really becoming a factor. Uh, in in uh, in 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 the Euro Cup, and uh, you know Sugic has really uh, stepped his game up the last three games. And in in the Euro Cup uh, last week, he had 22 points uh, against uh, Gran Canaria. And uh, again, you know this is uh, this is a guy who you know 2003 born, uh, only 18, and this is actually the player who is the all-time le- leader, the youngest player of all time uh, in the uh, in the Euro League uh, when he played for Borussia um, in uh, in 2019. Uh, at 16 and whatever, so youngest player in the European uh, Euro League history, uh, and so he's really stepping it up. And and you know it took him it took him some while. Uh, it took him a little bit of time, but he's really, you know, uh, coming along. And uh, you know, and uh, really impressive to watch. And you know, of course, this is the Razio Farm home team that uh, you know two years ago gave the chance to Killian Hayes, uh, and uh, you know, coming from 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 France from Cholet. And, um, and, uh, you know, really, you know, that, uh, you know, was able to take it to the next level, also played Euro cup and then, uh, and, uh, is now in the NBA right now. So, uh, that's my young player uh, to watch right now, uh, event that we're watching. Um, so, uh, I, I, I chose the under 18, uh, under 18 South American championship for the, um, for the, uh, the story to watch the event, you know, it's the Adidas next generation tournament Patras. Uh, it's the first time that Patras is hosting the event. Uh, it's a f- fantastic facility there. I was, ca- I was there a couple of years ago, uh, to, uh, to write a story about Prometheus and, uh, for the basketball champions league. And, uh, you know, they are really excited about the, the, uh, about having the eyes of the world on, on Patras. 
Um, and uh, so uh, it should be a should be a really good event. Um, you know, Barcelona's there. Uh, Barcelona's there. Olympiacos is there. Um, Stella Azura is there. Um, eight, uh, Helsinki, so the Finnish uh, Basketball Federation, that's uh, Basketball Association, uh, the Basketball Academy in Helsinki, which has produced a lot of uh, young players. Um, Sasa Pashulia's uh, uh, Academy from Georgia. Uh, is the team that replaced Seska uh, Moscow uh, is also there. Uh, Prometheus obviously is there, and then there's the and then there's the uh, the next generation team, which will be coached by uh, Vasilis Panudis. So a lot of interesting players there. Um, you know, Barcelona Stella seemed to me that will be the the main contenders uh, for the for the title, um, and the winner, of course, the first place uh, team in that uh, in that uh, competition gets a spot at the uh, ANJT finals at the Euroleague Final Four. Uh, in Belgrade in mid-May. Uh, so there's your big three. Uh, lots of lots of good stuff going on right now. Uh, let's m- let's move to the uh, sneak peek of the interview. Uh, as I said, we had uh, Rocco Perkishan on yesterday at the uh, on the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast. Uh, so here's a sneak peek of that, and we will catch you on the other side. And and that actually came after the Under-17 World Cup in Argentina. Uh, you 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 went down there. You were a year younger, and. Um, so you guys, you know, played close with Spain for about, I guess, 27 minutes. And then, um, yeah, I, I guess, I guess buzzsawed is a pretty good word for the game against USA. Um, uh, 126-52. Looking at those guys, Jalen Green, Mobley, Suggs, you know, those, these are already guys in the NBA. There's going to be others out there uh, in the NBA before too much longer. Um, you know, you, you you play twenty seven minutes before falling out thirteen and seven, uh, thirteen and six. Um, maybe how you remember? Let's talk about that game in particular because it's against the USA and it's against guys that you know have already made it to the NBA, but were already you know highly regarded at that point. Uh, how do you remember that game? And maybe what are some of the biggest things you take away from that game that that kind of still help you to this day? Well, that was uh, really, that was a beating. <laughs> that was a beating. I think that's like the closest I can get to that game. But it was like something new for us because uh, like we came there and I, I'm watching USA warming up, you know, I'm like looking at like they're doing two lines and I'm looking like I, I don't know I think it was Jalen Green like I'm looking at him and like he's dunking between the legs so yeah I was like okay I'm, I was a year younger I mean Jalen is yeah, also right. I think uh, Jalen was also a year younger that's right Jalen is uh, 2002 was born yep but like the rest of those guys were like older and like that year was a huge difference. I thought I was like physically good, but like when I saw those guys, it was, it was a really big difference. So, but yeah, like I learned a lot from that game, you know, I learned how to not embarrass myself again like that. (laughs) But, and I realized, like, 
somebody told me like those guys are like of 12, 12 of those guys I think 10 will end up in the NBA somebody told me that like they were right I think 10 ended up in the league well it's still guys in, in college so, so like yeah so like I will realize like I'm not that far of those guys and I think I can also make it like to the, to the league one day so was that Was that something that clearly was a motivation then for for you in that regard, knowing that those guys are NBA and you're not there, uh, you know, on on the NBA track, let's say, and 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 you're and you feel that you need to work harder to get there. Uh, well, like let's say basketball wise, it wasn't much difference. Like I feel like I can do all the stuff they can do, but just like the physical aspect of the game, because I don't know. Where's the difference? But like when we were there, we didn't do much. I mean, when we were there, I was like 16 then. I didn't do much of, uh, you know, weights and like uh, gym, you know. So basically, I think maybe that's the difference. I don't know if they did it, but they looked at they did it. If that's genetics, then uh, then really, <laughs> I need to congratulate those genetics. But like. I think I realized that I needed to step up my my uh, fitness, like weightlifting and everything like that, to get closer to that. Okay, yeah, you know, I was, I was, um, I've been uh, trying to uh, do an interview with him for a couple of. Uh, Uh, yeah, really a couple of months, and and so uh, was uh, was actually excited that uh, you know we started talking, and then um, and then he said that he was coming back, and you know three games right away uh, within within a week of him coming back after being away for three months, and so he's uh, you know I'm sure he's got to get his legs under him, get get uh, get the um, get the uh, the stamina and everything else, and uh, big window for this uh, Croatian national team coming up uh, this summer, you know, trying to make it uh, back to the World Cup. And obviously, you know, he's going to be a big part of that. He's going to be a big part of that uh, country's uh, senior national team for a long, long time. And uh, so it was a, a entertaining chat with him, a uh, guy who, um, yeah, really has a has a good head on his shoulder. Obviously, a father played a lot and did a lot of great things uh, in the game. And uh, so it's not really a surprise. All right, let's move to the uh, uh, interview uh, for the Taking the Charge podcast. And that is with Jesus Ramirez. Uh, it's actually a guy that uh, met uh, quite a few years ago, uh, actually, when he was an assistant coach at Ratsio from Ulm, and um, kind of lost track of him when he when he left Germany uh, and uh, ended up going to uh, to Spain, go to Bilbao, and then went to uh, Hungary and and then Poland, and then uh, uh, landed the job this past off season at uh, Basketball Live and Branch. Bron- Basketball Live and Branch, like, and uh, you know that's the club that's owned by Dennis Schroeder. And uh, you know, uh, really, when 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 uh, when Pete Struba uh, took over there, uh, also an assistant coach that I that I'd met uh, uh, during his time at uh, at Ulm, um, you know, one of the things that that he did was he really Struba uh, really relied on the young young guys there, uh, started giving youngsters uh, some playing time, and uh, and 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 really. Uh, you know, uh, Ramirez has really just kind of continued on with that. Of course, that's with direction from the club. And uh, but you know, there's a lot of youngsters there that are pretty interesting players. There's the Tischler Twins, 2000 born. 
uh, who we talk about. We also talk about uh, Luke Franz Lawton. Uh, we also talk about uh, Sanando Fru. Um, one guy we don't talk about, and that was actually uh, that was on purpose. I didn't really want to. Um, I didn't really want to go too much longer with him because I, I did chat with him for quite a while, quite a while. Uh, was uh, Artos uh, Zagars, obviously on loan from from Jovan Tuts, and um, he's got basically an incomplete right now. If, if you had to give him a grade, he just has been injured, and and uh, so I didn't want to go too much into him, uh, just because we haven't really seen him yet uh, too much on the court, uh, and it's definitely a guy we want to uh, to see uh, get healthy and stuff. But uh, so this is a this is a chat with uh, with Jesus Ramirez about his uh, about his journey uh, from from uh from from old from yeah from the the outskirts of, of barcelona to germany uh back to spain hungary poland and now to uh one of the top uh youth programs in all of germany that's basketball live in Braunschweig. here's my talk with uh jesus ramirez uh, enjoy it and we will talk to you next week all right so on the uh taking the charge podcast with me uh from Braunschweig is jesus ramirez head coach at basketball Leuven Braunschweig. Coach Ramirez, uh, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Thanks to you for the invitation. I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm doing okay. I think. I think okay with a little bit of res- with a little bit of uh, hesitation is probably the the right word for you. Um, it's yes, yes. We I have always things in mind. I think I cannot stop to to think to to plan and to to yeah to try to to find the, the correct. Uh, the correct way to to keep developing players, to keep developing the team, and yeah, this is why ne- never it's tough to to give an answer that you if you you receive my my answer being how are you perfect that, that will be tough yeah exactly maybe in summer maybe maybe in summer <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we first start off uh, I don't know if this is going to come out this week uh, the the week of recording or if it'll be the week later so the news might be already out but. Obviously, this weekend we saw uh, David Kramer go down uh, with an injury and had to be carried off the court. Um, I know it was the the game was yesterday. Do you have any update on 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 hopefully that it wasn't too serious with with uh, with uh, with Kramer? Yes, uh, it's a partial rupture in there. Doesn't look so serious that like the last one, but still the swelling is there, and we have to see the next 40, 24 hours, forty eight hours. How is the evolution? Uh, the, the first the first feedback is that it's not so bad that the last one. The last one was bad from the first minute and now looks not so bad. Uh, but still, we have to see to, to, to have a final diagnosis, uh, maybe 24 more hours. Yeah. So how do you take that knowing, you know, we had the, we had, you know, Robin Amaze is, is out for the season and everything else that's going on. How do you, how do you take it as a coach? How do you, how do you deal with that? You know, how do you deal with, injuries to your leaders i mean it happens to everybody but how do you as a coach you know take you know take I, that and and and, re, and uh, react to it obviously if we don't have robin we don't have david we don't have to give brown and artur zagas is in, in in his um adaptation process let's say like this uh, we are in a bad situation in a very bad situation i hope it's not like this. Obviously, Robin will be with us, but only off the court for the moment. Uh, Tuki is in his way back, and David will be there soon. So I take like uh, all the way around. So I see the the guys who are there, and I see. I try to see how to help the other guys to 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 find our basketball, to find our rhythm, to perform 
uh, in a basketball game like we are doing most part of the season, but we didn't do yesterday. Um, you guys have a lot of young players, and and uh, one of the one of the disadvantages, um, and and one of the reasons why I suppose coaches who 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 deal with a lot of uh, young players uh, grow more gray hairs um, <laughs> in their beard uh, quicker than maybe if you didn't um, is ups and downs uh, in in games, you know, highs and lows, and I know it's probably it's something that probably tears your hair out as well. Um, but was looking actually through the through your uh, through the schedule through the results, and you've actually had seven games where you've led by double figures and lost. And, and probably the, the biggest one was the game against Bayern where you were up by 10 uh, with three minutes left and ended up losing in overtime. Um, four overtimes in general, I guess, is does the paycheck get any bigger? But maybe, but maybe just um, how talk, maybe talk a little bit about that, you know, uh, how, how maybe how tired you are of, of, of saying, you know, yeah, and it's a lesson learned and, and, and how you try to build the team back up after, after losing a game like that. No, I'm not tired of that. I think it's uh, part of a process. Obviously, from this, those games that you mentioned, I will have liked to complete one or two. Mm-hmm. I will be happy with one or two, but I'm not, I'm not tired. I'm tired to... Uh, for example, yesterday we 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 were not ourselves. We were a different team. We don't want to be this team. Nobody wants to see the, the team that yesterday played. Uh, from the people who did the effort in a, in a sunny Sunday in Brunswick, who made the effort to 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 jump into the gym, nobody wanted to see this team. And I'm tired. I'm tired of that. If we are ourselves and we lose games in overtimes because we get short and we we run out of gas or whatever reason or, or coaches or, or I don't manage the well the last minute that it happened. This isn't that I'm not tired. It's a process that we have to be better and better and better. And I think we're in the way. Uh, but what makes me really tired, maybe maybe even more than tired, is uh, the other thing, like trying to be other team or other identity or other, um, I don't know, other jump into games with a different mindset. This is what makes me really tired. But losing games, tight games, yeah, obviously with two, three of those ones, we are in a different position uh, with more positive feedback from everywhere, which the feedback that we received during the season is already good from outside, which also to me is interesting because at the beginning was an accomplish and I was super happy to hear from my, my colleagues and, and, and people from the BBL and, the, the, and from the business that we we played very good basketball, that the young guys, they played really, really nice. Um, and now lately, when I hear that, is I'm still thankful, but kind of disappoint me a little bit because we want to keep playing our identity, but also uh, first be our identity, but also complete games. So it's not only to be, uh, be nice and, and, and play nice, it's complete and finish games. So it's, it's, uh, it's about a mix of feelings and about a mix of uh, trusting the process, enjoying the process, and also don't lose the perspective because if we lose the perspective, is when we, we are not ourselves, and then it doesn't make sense all the work that the, the guys they put in. The game you mentioned yesterday was uh, was yeah it you know against a, a Frankfurt team that had been really struggling as well. They just uh, fired their coach and 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 had lost eight in a row, and um, so obviously that's not a, a game you want to lose. Um, that being said, you you guys have had a 
you know, a couple of games uh, where you've come back from big deficits as well and, and come back, which is, which is, you know, that's the other thing, you know, you build a 20 point lead and you lose it, you, you build that 20 point lead. And that's something that you can build on as far as, as, as far as that goes. Um, so, so right now you guys, you guys are at, um, uh, at uh, nine, nine and 15. Um, the, the, the last playoff spot is, at, it's, is 12 and nine. Obviously, you guys have three more games played than Kreilsheim, um, and you know three wins behind teams like uh, like uh, like Hamburg. Um, maybe, maybe just just your thoughts about where you guys are at right now. Um, it it looks like there should be no worry uh, unless some you know some things go really bad the rest of the way. But you know that the relegation isn't really a worry necessarily. Um, but uh, just maybe where you think you are in playoffs. I know you guys don't have an easy schedule coming up at all, but uh, you know, uh, your thoughts about where you're at. Um, the thoughts um, goes in the direction like if you look down, you don't see the moon. If you look down, you don't see uh, very nice things. So I, I'm a person that norm normally I don't look down. I look uh, in the mirror, or I look up, or I look uh, around, but I lo don't like to, to look down. Um, also, it would be stupid to say, like, we have to forget about the relegation, because it, it's, it's not like this, but I would like that my goal is in, in a couple of weeks, because in a couple of weeks, the season will be <laughs> over. This is, that goes very, very quick. When the season is over in May, we don't have something left in the tank. Um, we, we execute basketball how we are practicing in the direction that we are trying to do the proposal that we we show that we are able to do and we don't have nothing left in the tank uh, for example not like yesterday like yesterday um, we were not in that direction so if um, whatever we whenever we finish in may we we are satisfied with with, our, with ourselves that there is nothing in the tank uh, probably also we will be happy in what position we finish in the stands I uh, know all the way around. I, I will. I cannot tell you. We look to the playoff spot because it's also the same realistic that the relegation very very difficult. The relegation is difficult to get there. We have to really uh, put effort to lose everything and yes, lose our, our perspective as I said before. But also the playoffs is very difficult. So uh, let's see if we can get healthy again and we keep working in the direction that we were working. And and I, as I said. Positioning-wise, it's difficult to me to, to tell you what the, where we have to finish, but we have to finish with nothing in the tank. Uh, let's go back to let's go back. Actually, uh, you're, you you were born in uh, Granadinas, uh, which is near Barcelona. Uh, obviously, you know Barcelona has so much basketball history, Spain in general, but Barcelona, you know, obviously so much as well. Um, maybe you know a young Jesus Ramirez running around, uh, you know, the Barcelona area. You know, how did you? How did the game find you? What 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 were some of the? You know, how did what were you growing up watching? Uh, my my city Granollers, uh, as you said, when I was yeah really young, like maybe eight, nine, ten years old, it was uh, it was handball first division and basketball first division. So it, the, the team was in the ACB in basketball, but it's a handball city. So all my friends, my brother, 
um, now, right now, there's not uh, ACB anymore, so first division in basketball. So the, the sport of the city is handball. So I was a weird, uh, weird person, weird, weird uh, young guy who, who shoots basketball because not too many um, uh, kids from Granollers were playing in Granollers. It was uh, players from Barcelona around, but not from the city. And, and uh, basketball. Uh, Found me in the school first before before going to the club. Uh, I, I I had uh, I loved the baskets. I loved how, what the, how when I saw other other uh, bigger bigger players or bigger kids playing. So I started to play with my friends. And since then, uh, in one or in another direction, I always have a, a big passion to. I can watch basketball all day. When I mean all day, is all day. Sometimes because it's my it's my work and I, I have to study, but all, also, I can be just watching uh, teams from my friends or people I know just being relaxed and I never get tired. And that started really soon. Also, I was lucky probably that I understood that I will not make a career professionally. So I decided to, to go more seriously in a coaching way pretty, pretty, pretty early. And I, I left um, the, the amateur back then, like second, third division in, in Spain. I, I stopped to play in a good level, to coach in a good level. And I kept going. I started to coaching somehow. Don't ask me why, but I think it's something interesting for young coaches from the first division, from under 10, or school basketball, no, sorry, school, bas school basketball when I was 16 to under 10, under 12, under 14, under 16, under 18, under 21, uh, um, adult team. And then I went, I, I went to Ulm. Uh, it was not a plan, but um, it was like this. So I felt category by, by category, age by age. And it was now I think it's something really smart. I didn't do on purpose. I didn't, I didn't do uh, because it was a plan, but it was uh, a, good, a, good, a good idea to follow every age characteristics. Uh, how, how the and, and a 10 years old kid is not the same like under 14 and it's not the same like under 18. So somehow... Uh, was an interesting, interesting idea. And so, you know, when you're, when you're kind of growing up then, so you decided kind of early to, to also, you know, at least, you know, work as a coach. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, basketball in Spain has, has, you know, from also quality of basketball is so great. Were you, were there any guys you were watching coaches that you were watching and kind of seeing how they, how the game was played, how their game was played, um, and and sort of, you know, picking this part of their that guy's way to play. Okay, I mean, of course, you're you're coaching youth players, and and you know, youth, youth players you can't always teach you know game tactics. You know, sometimes you just you're working on just skills so that they can order to play the game. But are you you know what, who are some of the guys, who are some of the coaches that you were just kind of like you know taking a little bit here, taking a little bit there, along the way. Uh, back then, when when I started, I watch. I remember I watch a lot of coaches from my club, like older coaches. So if I was working with kids, I, I like I love to watch the next practice from uh, one one category more. Maybe if I was under fourteen, I would. I love to watch. I remember two three coaches from under eighteen, and there it, it was where, where I learned okay good things, bad things, and I that was where I, I put my my point of emphasis. Um, Afterwards, when I was a little bit older, that I like I liked to, to watch more basketball on TV. 
I had Spanish coaches that I follow more than the others, but no in the point to study how they played in the point. That, okay, I like I like uh, Joan Plaza because their teams they were all, always structured and always they were uh, very constant in the effort and everything. But uh, not in the point that I knew exactly how they uh, proposed the pick and roll coverage or how they proposed the rotations or the full court presence or the offensive, uh, the early offense stuff like this. Just let's say. As a, as a spectator, as a fan, I like it. Um, afterwards, I had the chance to the coaches that I, for example, John Plaza, Pedro Martinez, that I like it. Two, three, four years later, I had the chance to, to visit their practices as, as, as often as it was possible. So with some of them, I was pretty annoying. So I was there two, three times in their career. Others, one, two times. Then I, I, I studied a bit more how they did, did, did things, how they... Um, how they were as a coaches acting in practice, talking, uh, then X and O's, and then I, I changed coaches. So I, I don't want to say that those coaches that I follow at the beginning, I don't follow now. Obviously, I follow, but I had other coaches that uh, studying their game, it was more fitting in my in my idea of, of basketball. So at the end, it's, it's all about experiences and knowledge. Uh, you see out of things, and you have to choose what in what direction your basketball goes. And now I, I look other other coaches, which I think are, are interesting. And then at, at 32, you, you made the move to, to Ulm um, and and uh, became assistant coach there for, for Torsten, uh, Torsten Leibnant. Uh, maybe how did, how did that come about? That that came about no no through basketball. So I have a very good friend, Klaus and Weaver, that we were working together in Barcelona in a in a in a company, he was my GM and I was uh, his employee. I was working for him and somehow he, he is German. He, he changed the company. He went to Ulm because family reasons and stuff. And in, in Ulm, somehow he connected with basketball and connected with Thomas Stoll and they talk. The, Thomas Stoll is a, is a person who is always investigating and studying and, and trying to find uh, things to implement to Ulm and this is where Ulm is right now but then was not like like now with the Orange Campus and they are now like a, in a different galaxy in a different dimension so they they connected and Klaus talked with with Thomas about me and we contact and here here is where the, where the where the connection uh, came from but it was not from basketball and what did, and what did you what did you think of the basketball here then at that point I mean this was your first kind of exposure to to the different league and and and, and you know, Germany, Germany was Germany was coming up by then it was already starting to you know get there. I, I think after I think after being in the BBL two years three years then I, I felt a big jump. When I arrived, still still I think they were in the in in the process to study other leagues, other other structures, other other rules. But still, I will not I will not say it was a. Uh, the development was not in a in a in a upcoming way on in a huge way. My first impression is it was interesting. Before before we got an agreement and I started to work with Thorsen and John Dickelman and Thomas with, with the team and the club in precision. I don't know when, maybe it was July, August. I I, I flew, they invited me for the last their last uh, season game who they played Bremerhaven. Well, by the way, Philip Phyllis Bethlehem played for played played for Bremerhaven, and after he was in Ulm, and I, I can say it's a 
he's a good friend now, good, very, very good person to, to be to have around. Uh, that was a very interesting game. That game, the, it was when the old man and Mike Taylor, they, they part ways during the week. And Mike didn't finish the season, even being there for a long time. And he was a very, very important person for all basketball, uh, for basketball. Uh, they part ways during this, way, during this week. So I, I flew there and the management, Thomas, told me this week, I know that we planned that you want to watch practices and you, you, you want to... You want to see how they work, blah, 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 but will will not be possible because we we had this situation and this is the most important. So I understood, no problem. I went with my friend to do different things and I, I attend to the game. And in the game, the assistant coach was taking over and it was very interesting because I remember a very young uh, Robin Bensing, yeah. mm-hmm. very young uh, uh, Per Gunter, uh, John Bryan, uh, Phil in the other side. So it was a... Players which after obviously I followed or I was working with. So the assistant coach, he got a technical foul in the second quarter of Mike Taylor, being not super active, just said something and he got a technical foul. The game, I think Bremer had him, they were fighting for the playoffs. Ulm not, Ulm I think they, they didn't have chance to play off, but didn't they have any, any, anything to do with the relegation, so they were kind of in nowhere uh, land. Uh, Another technical foul in the third quarter, I think, something like that. Also not acting too much. Something He said something and he received the second one, so he got ejected. So he went to the half court, semi-circle, to the, to the half court circle. He did the, like the military, um, how you call? Salute. Uh, salute, the military salute, and he left. And afterwards, I knew that this, the, the assistant coach left and nobody saw him again. So it was, that was my first impression. So all together, the game was a lot of, uh, emotions, a lot of things, very strange things. This one was the, obviously the highlight in my eyes and was very a shock to me. So that was um, the first impression of German basketball. And, and you spent six years there uh, with, yes. with 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 yes. Ulm, and uh, you know that was you know you you mentioned you know uh, you know this is a team that um, if I'm mistaken something they. I think you guys. I think it won twenty six in a row. One one time in the, in the first twenty. I think it was twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, I know it was somewhere around there. You probably know better than yeah. I. And I think started the season something like that, and um, made the finals. And you know it's that 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 title is still uh, hasn't quite gotten there yet for for Ulm in general. But but um, you know, looking back in all the time, you know, playing uh, regularly in the in the Euro Cup, you know, always playing uh, in the playoffs, you know, and and you know, always playing an important role and, and also always, you know, really more and more um, also developing young, young guys. I mean, that was one of the things that used, you know, back then and still to this day, you know, they, they give a lot of youngsters a chance, you know, they, they, they have 18, 19 year olds playing in, in, in Euro cup, even, you know, that's, that's been uh, in the case for years. How do you look back on that, on that, on that run there with, with Ulm? What are some of your, you know, what are some of your, you know, maybe, you know, lasting uh, impressions? Always, always very, very, very positive. So I I had a very good time in Ulm. So personal-wise and also professional-wise, I agree a lot. A lot. I, I had experiences that probably at home never, even now, I will not even know what is to be alone in a country that you don't know the language, you don't know... At the beginning, nothing about, and when I'm talking about uh, being alone away, a season is very long. So a season has a lot of 
Monday's evening, a lot of Tuesday's evening, a lot of Wednesday evening. So it's it's really long. Um, so you you face up things that uh, being at home is difficult to to realize. So at the end, it makes you a different person, hundred percent. In my eyes, a better person, a better a better human being. You see things, little things with a different perspective. So that was something that I take um, as a very very positive thing. More in a personal side, uh, in a professional, in a professional side, the same. So I, I jump from a, an amateur team in, in Spain who was in the f- um, semi-professional, let's say like this, to a professional team, professional club who they were in the way to develop something, something big and something uh, with a structure, a plan to follow, and was really interesting to follow every step from the first day in Kuberhalle until the last days, uh, as you said, in EuroCup, playing finals, playing cups, playing uh, with, the, with the Radio Farm Arena always full. So a uh, couple of things are super, super remarkable, like the, this stretch, for example, there's a lot of work behind that. There's uh, coaches pushing in the right direction, a very good group of guys and also very good players. Um, also, there is a remarkable, remarkable um, in my eyes, number that this, that if I cannot tell you a number, but the Radio Farm Arena, we, we moved from Kuberhalle, which was uh, 2,800 seats, I think, something like that, to, to Radio Farm Arena, who is 6,500. And it was full, I don't know how many years in a row. Years in a row. in a row, exactly. Years in a row, full. So that tells you a little bit the... The dimension of the of the organization of the program of everything so from rather a small gym if you go to the other one looks like oh watch out maybe it's too quick or maybe it look, will look empty it was full from the first day until the last one only in euro cup games sometimes wasn't full but in the bbl i i guess it was always um, people coming and enjoying basketball so it was a very interesting journey 2017, um, decided to head back to the homeland, uh, assistant coach uh, at Bilbao, interestingly enough, with uh, Jaka uh, Lakovic there as, as one of the assistants. Uh, maybe what brought you back to, uh, to Spain and, and, and what was it like being back in Spain? Unfortunately, the team struggled. You guys uh, actually ended up being relegated that season. Uh, just maybe talk about the, you know what, what brought you back home and, and what that year was like. My my internal uh, intrinsic uh, feelings. So I was very good. In, I say as I said in, in any direction in Ulm. So I I built at the end uh, friendships. Uh, um, I had friends. So everything was in the right direction. But somehow my internal feelings wanted to, to, to be in the ACB, wanted to, to feel what, what is the Spanish basketball in the first division from inside. And this is why I, I, decide, I decided to, to, to take this, this offer from, from Bilbao. So I signed two years there, but unfortunately, as you said, it was a very difficult season with a lot of changes, a lot of uh, moves, and we end up in moving down. <clears throat> but um, maybe it sounds crazy, but I will if I have to take the decision, I will do the same decision, the same decision. So made me probably see basketball in a different perspective in Spain. Everything is 
bigger the tents of the of the of the management of the coaches from everywhere that the the tension and the the, the stress but not always a positive or healthy stress sometimes it's just stress and negative stress from nowhere makes you see you see every monday and tuesday and wednesday and as i said before different so uh, it was a, <laughs> a, a, a interesting jump and the season was as i said uh, it was three times they changed the coach i don't know how many players every monday tuesday something happened from the management from the city from everywhere so it was a, a kind of nightmare on the court basketball wise but uh, outside uh, I, I take uh, again positive things that uh, i had good memories i have very good memories from 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 the club from bilbao from the city but on the core we worked like if there is not tomorrow and at the end without a, a result but um, it's how it, uh, as I said, in, in this season, I had nothing left 100% on the tank. So it was all we had, we, we put in there, but uh, we will not uh, stay in the league. Yeah. Um, and then and then the next year, you ended up uh, in, in Hungary at uh, Alba Ferreira. Um, and then actually that, that December then ended up taking, taking over the head coaching spot um, and actually led them to the FIBA Europe Cup. Um, let, let's first start with, with how you, you know, why Hungary, what was the, what was the, what was the, uh, the, the reason for the jump, uh, how you landed there and then how you, you know, you know, taking over then as, as head coach and, and what you kind of wanted to do then really as your first, you know, professional head coaching spot. Uh, it was a, um, a contact uh, through the president of the Spanish Coaches Association. They, they contacted me to, to have a two, three days uh, clinic speeches with, the, with uh, their coaches uh, in Fejerbar, in the city and also in the region. So, so I, I flew there just to, to talk about basketball with coaches, which was very interesting. And that, that was the first contact. This was nothing to do about um, a contract or something like that. And once uh, I finished these three days, the president wanted to have a coffee with me. We talked and he said, if I will consider to, to work for them. And I said, no, uh, but they, they came up, they, they pushed me, they, they tried to, to convince me with two different things, two, three different talks. And at the end, me and my girlfriend back then, so we were in a situation like, was very difficult in Bilbao. I didn't have a shop and I was about to be one year um, at home or watching practices or learning or trying to go to the States. I don't know, something that the coaches we do. Mm -hmm. uh, but somehow at the end, they, they convinced me. I, I felt good connection, especially with the president, good people around. I had some some feedbacks from, from people like Carlos Frade, for example, who is now in Berlin as a player development. He used to be a head coach there and... I talked with a couple of people and it was a, a good organization, one of the best in, in Hungary. So I felt that it could be a good place to help, to develop, to help them to develop. And this is why I accepted as a, let's say, player development. And then took over as a head coach there. And then, um, and then he actually reached the FIBA Europe Cup uh, quarterfinals. Uh, we actually talked, uh, uh, we talked on, on chat, you know, back and forth. Um, the, First game in the quarterfinals, you lost by 33 points, and then uh, in the return in the return leg, you uh, you actually came back and really just had a second half magical run and had the exact same score 96 63, 
and you needed to win by 33 points uh, just to, to make up. And then actually had the exact same score, which then sent the game to overtime. You guys ended up losing, but I'm sure that that probably ranks pretty high up there as far as, you know, crazy games emotionally saying, you know, probably just from the very beginning, say, you know, guys just go out there and, 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 you know, don't look bad first, you know, just keep, you know, just play hard, you know, and then, and then, you know, you guys started hitting more shots and, you know, this different, the, 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 uh, the, the lead got bigger and bigger. And then, you know, maybe what point did you say, you know what, Hey, maybe we have a chance on this 33, which is, which is an enormous number. 33 is an enormous number. You know what, before that, we went through two rounds, like the regular season, so two rounds. We were in the first one first, in the second one second, I think, something like that. Somehow we end up playing against Bonn, which to me was very interesting to play against, against a German team. German team yeah. I always, Bonn is a, yeah, a good organization. I always liked everything around them. Um, so we first of all we beat Bonn. So I remember we lost by one in Bonn, leading by twenty. At the end they came back. Crazy things happened in this game. Also, we lo we lost by one. Fuck, we cannot win in Germany. But okay, we come back to Fehrbar, and in Fehrbar we we won by 13, 14. So I think the club never made this run. So we passed this run and we made quarterfinals. So we were one game away, one shot away, to be in the semifinals. And that round against Hapoel Holon, as you say, it, it sounds like a movie, but it's not. It was real. So we lost by uh, 63, uh, 96, 63 in Holon. It was a game like Holon. They were unbelievable. They, we had unbelievable players, unbelievable chemistry. They, 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 they were very, 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 very good basketball team. They had five times our budget, maybe, or even more. And they were very, really good. So we were... In that point, struggling to make playoffs or to, to secure the playoff spot in the Hungarian League. So, in one point of this game, the third quarter, I felt Wednesday we have to go back. On Saturday, we had a very, very important game. Uh, we cannot risk players, especially the veteran players. I had uh, Carlos Cabezas, I, have, I had Peter Loran, very experienced, high caliber player, but, but I felt somehow that the important point it was the league. So I start to rotate and we were 15 and then we lost by 33. Okay, my responsibility 100%, but I took it and I tried to transfer this information to the team. Um, and next week we, we play at home and the same. So uh, the interesting thing was what we started with a 17 years old guy who I think he was the first minutes in the, the FIBA Euro Cup or the first minutes with the first team. We start with this guy, we start with... Uh, very short rotation. We, we put in all the young guys that we had back then. We had an interesting group of players born 2000, 2001. They played in the first half all. Uh, we had also very good players. Uh, Alaric Freeman was, uh, back then already you felt that he was rookie, but he had basketball in his hands, like uh, in a very high level. Uh, Carlos Cabezas, but we, we started things, we started to do the things well, nothing crazy. Obviously they were kind of, okay, <laughs> something very strange has to happen. We go quarter by quarter and thinking to don't overplay, <laughs> don't overplay the important players. But as you said, exactly as you said, in the, in the fourth quarter, we were five minutes to go and we were winning by 26. So I, then I said, okay, sorry, Saturday, but now we have to go with everything. Yeah, so sure. we put everything, we put everything on the court. They put everything on the court and we played like a five minutes game. Pff, unbelievable. So, so we I remember we had the last defensive possession. We decided to play defense because I felt we were better than them. 
we played defense, we, we forced shot clock violations, so they didn't shoot the ball. We had three seconds to shoot the last shot with 96-63. So the same, the same, same exact score. The same exactly score that in the first game. So we run out which is the only way, for, which is the only way it would, it would no, go to no, overtime. That's the exactly, only way. If no. you have the exact same, if you have the scoring difference, then you go by whoever scores more points or whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It has to be a point different, so it could be one point more, one point less. But we finished like this with a timeout with three seconds or two point something seconds, and we end up with a three. Let's say half open, we missed, and this three could could have made a big, 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 big. Uh, that the movie could be even 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 bigger, but we we missed this shot. And probably in the overtime, uh, yeah, they, they beat us by five, six points, something like that. Um, in that moment, I felt very, very proud, very positive. Look at what we do with it. And now I think we should have closed the game. <laughs> yeah. So back then it was a good experience. Look at the club, never, never made in this stage of, of, of a European competition, but we were... You never know what basketball will 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 bring to you in the next game, and something special happened. Uh, but it was not enough. We could have closed the game and make the semifinals of the FIBA World Cup, which for uh, for for Alba Fejeval, it was like a dream, no? Um, but you see things in a different perspective. And now, I, uh, fuck one one more good execution, offensively, defensively. We talk about different things. Bring, 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 bring on the bring on the veterans. A minute, a minute or two earlier. Yeah, who, who knows? Um, you, you mentioned him actually a couple of times, and um, you know Carlos Cabezas is, is, is a legend in in Spanish basketball, um, and you know accomplished so much. Um, and and he was only one year younger. Uh, one year, uh, yeah, one year. He's actually a year younger. Uh, yeah, yeah, a year younger than you. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, you grew up uh, as a Spanish basketball fan in general, and, you know, you watched everything that those guys did. Uh, and uh, maybe what was it like for you um, as someone who knows his standing in, in Spanish basketball? What was it like coaching, coaching him? Was very special and kind of, kind of easy. Uh, we needed uh, back then an experienced pointer that team was really very, very young somehow, the, in the recruiting, they started the season with five rookies, so what, which made a very difficult team to coach. No, sorry, four rookies and one one player was not rookie, Jordan Heath, and it was very difficult to 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 establish something. And I felt we need a experienced experienced pointer, and somehow his name it came to the table, and I contacted him through Alex Mombru from Bilbao. We had a conversation from the first minute. The conversation he was very happy from the call, from everything he wanted. He's an open mind guy who had different experience in life. Um, and we, we got an agreement. He came and from the first minute, he he used all his experience in the benefit of the team. He was a huge competitor. So obviously he was 38. He was not the quickest anymore, but still he has basketball in his hands and he teach, uh, he teach all, 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 all us how to compete. So sometimes we talk about X and O's and this and that. Uh, the end, players like, like him, probably this is why they were world champion. Probably two times, uh, junior and, 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 and first uh, adults. And probably this is why he had this, this career. So it was, was kind of a special, it was easy. He put all, everything from his side to, to help the, the team, to help me, to help the organization. At the same time, we, have, we had a couple of conflicts because he had a big 
character, uh, which I think is needed to be to be in that level, but was was very very special. Um, and then uh, so we we run into the the pandemic, and and then uh, in in December of, of 2020, you end up going to 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 Poland um, to to King Shazen. Uh, uh, maybe just your thoughts about that. I mean, this is another, you know, it's a, it's, it is an up and coming country. You look at what they've done at the, at the senior national team level, going to the Olympics, uh, you know, what, what, uh, you know, you mentioned before Mike Taylor's been able to do with that, uh, had been able to do with that program, building it up. And, you know, what was your, your thoughts about going to Poland and, and, and uh, their last season? Um, they, they were in a bad situation. Sheshin is a team uh, the owner is a very ambitious person uh, on business and also on basketball. And somehow they were in a, in a point that they were struggling to make the playoffs. They, when I got there, they were 7-11, I think, something like that, in the 11th spot. And they decided to, to change the coach and to try to make something that the, last, the, the second part of the season, they contacted me. I felt that it's a good move for me. Uh, upgrade if you compare with with Hungary probably and yeah I I went there I have a very good memories it was very short and very strange because with the COVID everything was closed uh, home apartment apartment home uh, apartment sorry gym from my apartment to the gym office so it was not really much to do off basketball but on the core I think we, we did a pretty good job so the record there was 12-3, we made the playoffs as a seventh, as a seventh spot. Then we all got COVID in the last regular season game. So we faced up the playoffs and the second team, Legia, uh, with directly from, from the quarantine. And that this is the, the only bad feeling that they have. Because I felt that in that moment we were better than the other team, but we 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 didn't have the right, we didn't have uh, we were not in dynamic, we we, we just struggled. Uh, but in overall was was a very good experience and then this and then uh, this past off season um you know Braunschweig, you know had uh, you know uh first had to figure out what was going on with uh, the uh with the player contract and everything that that was going on um and then uh you know coming back and you know being uh being called in to coach over coach at the uh, Braunschweig on a two year two year deal um Maybe your your thoughts about returning to to the country. How much was that something that kind of was in the back of your mind that that you kind of wanted to come come back here, knowing that you know the knowing the German league, etc. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, it was in there, and it's like a, like a circle. So this six year in all made me yeah feel feel the country, feel the league, feel everything. So it's not a new league for me. Obviously, it was three years out of the league. Um, I was not completely out. I was following especially Ulm and the Euroleague team. So I was following everything not so deep, but still I, I was in contact, let's say, with the league. So it was kind of uh, a circle. Uh, it was in, in my mind to try to come to the BBL. I felt that with this six years experience, with these two experiences as a head coach, uh, doing, I think, okay. And with the effect that Aito had in the league, I had chances to contribute in, in, in a program, to, to help the program in, in the... In the right direction, and look at Brunswick uh, could not fit better with uh, with the clear concept with young guys developing individually and after collectively as a team. So it fit from the first second my conversation with Neil Smithman. It went uh, really straight in the same direction, 
And it's not only to close a circle, it's to close a circle in my eyes in a, in a very good spot, in a, in a very good organization who is trying to follow a, a plan. Uh, I will say we are at the beginning of, of this plan, but it, it takes time. It takes, the, um, um, we, have to put, we have to expose many, many of these young players. We, they have to have a lot of experience, experiences on and off the court, not always in a nice way, not always uh, in a positive way. Sometimes it's, it's not so easy. So it's a lot of work and a lot of between the week uh, work, but this circle is closed in, in, a, in a very good place for me. So I'm extremely happy to, to be here and can contribute to Brunswick to, to develop the concept. So you were there till you were here in Germany till 2017, and then went back to Spain, which is obviously you know considered, you know the premier uh, you know domestic league outside of outside of the NBA. Uh, the German BBL had that plan to go, to be the number one domestic league by 2020, um, and uh, you know you 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 went to Spain, you went to Hungary, you went to Poland, you played internationally, um, and so the the question is how how is the BBL how's the German BBL um, thought of perceived outside the country do they see it as a uh, do other people see it as an up and coming league as do they see it as as a, as a strong league as as maybe a lot of people maybe here in this in country I'm you know obviously being in Germany I I, I see it growing but do other people see it as well and outside outside of Germany as well. Uh, the, here, here in my eyes, there are two kind of two, two perspectives: one from Spain, and one from the other countries. From Spain, the the people talks about the BBL, about a, a very healthy league where the organizations by themselves and the league they do the things well in the right direction, and it's a it's a good mirror and a good example for many things. A lot of 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 these things is uh, of the core organization, of the core financial structures, uh, the 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 Spanish people who is in the business in the ACB, they look like they will be like a healthy, very healthy organization um, in, in regarding that. Also, as a market for players, so a lot of players, they move from the ACB to the lately in the last two, three years, even more from the ACB to the BBL, from the BBL to the, to the ACB, so are well connected in terms of, of, of players. Uh, from Poland and from Hungary, they see the BBL in the level of Spain, so it, in, a, in, a, in a very good in a very good level, different different styles of playing of everything, but they, they see BBL like two, three, four, five levels over their their leagues. Um, you you mentioned Aito, and and uh, you know obviously he's not uh, he's not at, he's not at Berlin right now. You know Israel Gomez took over there. You know Pedro Caias uh, went from Fechter to Hamburg now. Um, Diego Campo actually just was uh, was was fired a couple of days ago, um, and and yourself. So you guys had four. There was four Spanish coaches, and and I did an article uh, actually maybe about you know two months or so into the season, where actually Spanish coaches um, were providing the most minutes to young German players. I think I cut it off at under U22, which is the 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 league uh, where they consider their 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 top young players. What do you, um, where do you think that comes from? You know, obviously Aito and, and has a huge history of, of playing and relying and giving responsibility and letting youngsters grow. But where do you think that comes from? You know, you obviously, you know, you did it, uh, you know, you had young teams in, in, uh, in Hungary and in, in Poland as well. Where do you think that comes from that, that, uh, that's the Spanish, Spanish coaches are, 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 you know, have the 
have the 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 will and the 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 wherewithal to to play the, the young players. I've seen I've seen since I'm really young, um, and probably this is why I have also as a very normal thing. Uh, um, I cannot tell you the the, the exact reason. I, I I saw all my life. Uh, in in teams around Granollers, my city, in, in ACB teams around my city, Barcelona, Badalona, Manresa, uh, that players when I was really young as a as a as a, as a player, they had minutes or they had a debut uh, in the ACB, and then being a coach afterwards, also players that I was coaching with, X, 18 years old, uh, the same place, the same age players, they they were exposed in the ACB rosters. So somehow we we have this 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 dynamic of having young players around. Um, and probably is something about uh, license also. We have a difference with the German basketball probably one of the the biggest differences that the, we have many many more license uh, in the in the base so in let's say under under 10 under 12 under 14, we have a lot of license from these all young guys. Um, play you, you can choose players who have potential, no? And then coaches are not afraid. At the end, coaches in Spain, we, we, we like to work, we like to spend hours in the gym, uh, do the things in the right direction. And why not? If a young guy is doing well and deserves minutes, why don't why don't expose him? Why don't put him on the court? It's about dynamic, it's about life and in my case i've seen since i'm really really young so i really believe on that because i saw all my life yeah um one of the guys that that uh, that the club also brought in in the off season was fabian Tellas uh for the under 19 and the uh the regional liga obviously former uh, u18 barcelona head coach uh maybe what's what's been um what's been the biggest part that he's that he's brought into to the club because uh, obviously you know to have a strong youth program you have to have strong uh, uh, head coaches at and uh, at the youth level what was it like having him uh bringing him in um I, the, as soon as i i i joined the, the program uh we started to talk about things that we have to do one of the things was the program so that the the young the young players below the, um, the double license players like this, and the, the club is in a, in, a, in, a, in a position to restructure everything, and they need a, they need a coach. Uh, the same week or the week before, we have, Fabian and me, we have a common uh, friend, and I knew that he will not continue in Barcelona, so somehow I felt, look at you, we, we need a NBBL and second team coach. There is probably nobody better than Fabian to join the, to join the organization, so I proposed... They idea to Niels, they, they, they got in contact, they talked, and they got an agreement. And Fabian was here, uh, I think, four or five months. Now he's not here anymore. So he, he's in Spain, he's back in Spain. But that was the reason, trying to push the, 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 the base that we have in the, with the youth program, with the academy, let's say, like this, in the, in the best direction possible. So still we are in, at the very beginning, but... Um, we are doing a good job. I will say that in two, three years, I will like that Brunswick sounds like one of the programs in Germany. Let's, let's talk, you know, I, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do want to ask you about some of the guys, um, you know, you have the twins there, the, the Tischler twins, Brandon and, and, and Nicholas. Um, 
maybe you know a little bit of fun first how how hard is it to to tell them apart uh, do they is it your first time ever coaching twins and 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 do they have they ever tried to, to trick you on anything i mean you know obviously at a professional level it's it's you know it would have to be pretty a pretty uh you know light moment to try something like that but what what's that whole experience like i, I had another twins in hungary but they were not uh, the same How Identi- you call it? identical 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 they, they were different so they were different very different also different position uh-huh. which made made uh, completely different with brandon and, and, and nico um i don't think they tried to fool me but i cannot be 100 sure <laughs> they, are, they are very very honest persons many very hard workers very straight also they have the point of humor but i don't think they tried to fool myself <laughs> Especially in precision, but I'm not 100 sure. Uh, how hard is to differentiate them? Uh, today, I can say that I can differentiate them, even wearing the same clothes. But it was hard at the beginning. Um, as a, as an anecdote, uh, I proposed them to put different uh, socks in practice. Uh, Brandon had to wear black socks, and B Brandon and Nico had to wear different colors so that was very easy in practice the process a little bit now now I, I can I can yes recognize them for for uh, reactions for for many many things and and you know they came up from a program you know Bumberg that you know has you know they've been able to develop some guys and, and you know obviously there's an athleticism to those two uh, maybe just your thoughts about uh, them and the jump that they've made from you know really not getting much time with the with a professional team uh to now you know you know really you know they both played i think both played both games this past week 20 minutes um just maybe talk about the jump you know obviously there's the athleticism that they both have but maybe just uh, talk about their development this season their, their case is a very special case so in bamber they played um i want to think the last uh, competition pro b with Bano, right? Probably, probably, yeah. Bano would be probably. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then the, the COVID came, so they were one year, one year out of competition, working individually with Holger. Holger should and, be Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, somehow Danish, Danish Schroeder in person uh, contact them, or they met somehow. I don't know exactly how was the connection, and uh, Dennis saw potential on them, so he wanted to. To brought them to, to the to the program and it was like this so i met them here the first day i, I came before precision i would i had a couple of individual workouts with them and from that point they were part they are double licensed players so they still have license in the second team but they are a bbl player from the first minute in precision and um uh you know look van Sloten, who's t- actually two years younger than 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 those guys you know, uh, actually, I talked to him a couple of a few weeks ago, and and to to think that he's you know still, you know, a good uh, you know few weeks short of his of his twentieth uh, birthday, and he's you know you know coming you know is already at like something like eighty professional games already. Um, your your thoughts about uh, you you? It's easy to lose track that he's that he's still that young. Um, you know, this is his second season uh, in in Braunschweig. Obviously, last year he was with uh, with Coach Drubel. Uh, maybe the jump that that uh, that you've seen with him. Um, when you when you work with Luke, sometimes you forget that he's 19 because he's 
uh, as you said, experience enough on the court, off the court. He talks like a 26, 27 year old player, which many, many BBL games. And sometimes you forget that, that he's 19. And this is to me the, the key point. Um, we cannot burn uh, stages in his career. We cannot burn. We can we can try to accelerate the process to 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 develop their game offensively, defensively, this and that. But still, he's 19 years old, so he has to work like a 19 years old player. Uh, he has to work more than than anybody. He has to be in the gym more than than anybody. And that was the first requirement that I had with him in, in preseason, and he he's doing pretty well. So obviously. I want more from him. I want that he develops more and he gains more. Uh, he, he's more constant in the in the in, in the game. So he has too many up and downs, uh, but he's in the in the right direction. The same like the brothers. The brothers uh, we talk uh, really short about them. Um, from coming from zero minutes in the BBL to have twenty minutes, there is a lot of work behind that. They come. They are right now in the gym and this uh, after after a game at six o'clock with nobody's here. They are right now here. They work more than anybody. They, they are in the gym always. They, they, they want to be basketball players any cost. And sometimes I feel that we all in the business, in the league, we don't realize that and we don't protect them. Uh, they are in games and with a lot of effort, with mistakes, with uh, sometimes over-aggressive things. And they, they receive not a respectful treatment in my eyes as a German very good player and this is something that to me is a little shock because in my country it's a little different it's a little bit maybe an extreme an extreme with veteran players you cannot touch Sergio you you cannot touch Navarro you know automatically it will be a foul you know Felipe Reyes all these guys this is extreme but also the young guys they, they have no protection and nothing for free any gift but there is a respect and here I feel with with the German uh, with a potential very good basketball player, sometimes we cut, we cut their wings with strange decisions around. With You have to enjoy being uh, uh, seeing this, this player on the court with the effort, with like the fire, the, the illusion of a young guy. And I'm not sure if we are doing, doing the right things as a, as a business, as a league, to, to develop our, the, the, German, the, the German players. Because you don't know how much they work to, to earn every second on the court. So I'm I'm an idiot with them. So I, they need to deserve every second. There is nothing for free. And then I see treatments like how, how that is possible. So you have to be proud that the German players play like this, like, like juniors, like kids, like with pure basketball. And sometimes I feel they don't they don't get the, the right treatment. I I you you said it there and it, you just you said it in passing, but it really it, it um, it needs to be kind of, you know, hit home is that, you know, the, the brothers going from zero minutes to 20 minutes uh, as a 2000 born is a huge step, you know, and in, 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 in given responsibility and, um, you know, and, and so, you, you know, you really do have to, you know, tip your hat to them. I, I do want to ask about one more guy, and, and it's a guy that probably very few people actually know. Um, it's uh, Sanendo Fru, um, uh, 2003 born big, putting up you know, he, had, he, he put up huge numbers in, in the, uh, in the NBBL and in the regional Liga. And, you know, it was clear to me that slowly, but surely you need to bring him into, into the, you know, give him, you know, you know, at the beginning, just a couple of minutes here and there, but I think he played, I think he played 10 minutes or so. One of the, one of the games this past week. Right. Um, he played more, he played more, he played uh, not as much as I would like, 
but he played, uh, I remember Bone, I think he played 14 minutes. In Göttingen, he played not so much minutes, but very important minutes, and he did very well in the cup. In the last quarter, he had two, three minutes in the well, top well, four cup. Well, well, tell us a little, little bit about him for people who really haven't seen him um, and, and what, you, what you think he can, what you think he can do. Uh, I don't want to say long term, but maybe just, you know, what we can expect from him, you know, maybe in the next whatever, one, two, three years. Um, Salande is a player with, uh, he's a basketball player right away. So you see him in the, in the gym and he, he gives to you a feeling that he's a basketball player. He is not the, um, let's say his body language or his, his personal uh, gesture is not super aggressive. But once the jump ball starts and once he starts to move, he moves like a, already, a, I will say, a BBL player. Um, still, he has to learn a lot, especially off the core about dynamics, routines of a professional team, which is normal because he never was in, in, in this dynamic. He came from, from Berlin and to MBBL directly. He had a couple of practices, games last week, but he was not really in, in dynamic. This year, he's in dynamic from the first day, in double dynamic with the second team and with the first team. And he's another, another young German, German player that we, he deserves uh, seconds first, seconds on the core, but not uh, in my eyes, not garbage uh, seconds uh, or minutes. Um, when I put a player, he has to deserve to be a BBL player. So I don't. Um, I would like to expose players, but no, just to put me the, the title. Okay, you 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 put this young guy. How brave or how not? They have to deserve. And all of these, all of these kids, all of these players, they are they are in the right direction. They are following the right process. I hope that we are not burning any of their, their steps to, to, to become a very good basketball player. And Sananda is like this. He's there. He's there. He's in the school also, so I cannot forget it. He turned 18 a couple of months ago, so he has to finish school. And he had a couple of weeks that he had to do internship, uh, stuff like that. So he could not practice, he could not play. So the continuity was there, except with the school staff. Um, uh, let's see if he, he can have more continuity to either finish in the 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 school and he has potential to be to be a very good German German player, two thousand three born. Uh, I want to I want to finish off with uh, with with uh, probably um, just the the biggest personality that the club has. You know, Dennis Schroeder was uh, you know came up in the system, uh, is from the area. Uh, you know, obviously. You know, is a is a huge name in German basketball. Um, you know, took over as 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 the as the team owner, and and um, you you know, you've seen the commitment over the years uh, that he's had. You know, he came in. You know, there was the uh, that was the All Star break, right? For the for the yup for the for the cup in in Berlin, right? There was an All Star game, yes. right? Yeah. So yes. he came yeah. actually in for the uh, for the German Cup uh, in Berlin to watch the team. Um, Maybe, maybe, you know, obviously having, you know, such a, such a big name uh, as the, you know, as a person who, you know, who's in charge of the club, your interaction with him and, and, and maybe what, what are some of the things that, um, you know, make him the, let's say, let's say the leader that he is, you know, the, the owner, whatever that he is. And, 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 and what are your thoughts about what he gives to the club? Uh, to the club, he gives uh, actually all uh, because uh, if it's not for him, the club was in a, in a, in a bad moment. 
and he is from Brunswick. He cares about the city, about the organization, and probably he, this is why he helped big time to keep the organization uh, running. Um, heads, heads up on, on him. So all the credit to a, a player who is still uh, running his career, who achieves um, what he's achieving, and at the same time has time and, and passion for, for, the, for the organization in his city to help uh, big time to to keep to keep being a a, a BBL organization and plus being an organization with a clear concept not just uh, is okay I, I own a club I put some money there and let's see how it goes no we have a clear idea how to go and this is all the credit for him um, is similar like Margasol uh, did in Girona in the second division team he Girona gave him a chance when nobody believed him and now he gave up maybe one more year NBA to play in left goal to help the organization. It's different situation in, the, in their careers. Uh, Dennis still has to play and, and, and make his career even bigger. Marga Sol is at the end, but this is something to both. Uh, big credit. Uh, they don't need to do that. If they do, it's because they really have passion and they, because they won. And we are lucky that he, he, he contrib contribute so big time to the organization. So uh, about your question, I'm not in a weekly basis contact with him. I was in contact with him before he left to, to Boston because he was working out in the gym and we talk almost every day. Now, no, now I talk, I've talked with him a couple of times in, the, in Berlin. And who is the person who is the connection is Nils. Uh, I know that he, he, watch, he watches all, all our games. He, he likes what he sees and... For the moment, the feedback I, I have is, is positive. Um, I hope to see him soon uh, before we finish the season and have a, a conversation and see in what direction he sees that we go, if everything is fine and just keep working. But heads up to him. I think let's close with that, uh, Jesus Ramirez. Uh, it's a pleasure to finally catch up. It's been way too long. I think it's actually our day's uh, your days back in Ulm is actually when the last time we actually uh, saw each other. Um, so yes. it's uh, it was I was really excited to see you. I was really excited when 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 Pete Strobel took over at at uh, at Braunschweig, um, and I was really excited to see you take over there. And 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 really happy that that you've been you know keep continuing that uh, youth development, youth German development. You know, giving you know big minutes also to Kramer and 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 Amais. You know, the Germans. Um, Clubs like Braunschweiger, uh, clubs like Braunschweiger needed uh, in in Germany to 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 help push the game here, and you guys are doing a great job. So uh, let's hope that uh, that Kramer stay uh, can can get healthy, stay healthy, and that you guys don't you know get any uh, any more injuries. Um, good luck uh, the, over the course of the rest of the season, and we will definitely see each other down the road. Thanks for taking so much time. Thank you, David. The pleasure is on my side. Thank you very much for the invitation.